0: A very happy new year from the team at Bessie Sportscast. It's a really warm welcome to everyone either watching live or listening back on the podcast. We've had another incredible year. Thanks to you all um, on the podcast and I really appreciate the support but it would not be possible without the people that are making this show possible and um, it's a warm welcome to uh, my co-host and partner Nevin Thomas. Happy new year Nevin, how are you my friend?
1: It's all good, sunny and bright. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> I like
0: um, to run I know, I know, and I, I don't blame you at all. Um, we had our second lot of snow last night, quite a bit actually, but thankfully, most of it's gone. But uh, yeah, don't ask for weather reports for me. It's always dark, <laughs> gloomy, and cold for the next. Um, well, two months now, uh, so nothing will change there. But you keep telling me about yours, it'll, it'll make me feel better. Um, so that's good. Um, how was your new year, Christmas? You have a good time? Good, did you take good. some time off?
1: I did. I did. I was just eating good food and not doing anything fine. I was just I started playing badminton.
0: Uh, okay.
1: After what, like 10, 15 years, I think I'm playing badminton. So, what we, brought that you know, on? About the sport. Sorry.
0: What brought the, uh, uh, the the fact that you started badminton again? What was the? I think of? the uh, the
1: COVID scare sort of really affected football for me. Uh, the idea of 10, 15 people sweating it out you know, tough didn't seem all that uh, enticing. So uh, badminton is a game with social distance as well. So <laughs> I sort of thought this is this is how I can be active as well as enjoy some sport.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, But good news uh, back home. um, The vaccine has been authorized. I think there's two lots of vaccine uh, that's been authorized there. So that's um, a light at the end of this very long tunnel that we've been going through. So hopefully that will start making a difference um, back home. Um, uh, What are your quick thoughts on that one? Um, Is the rollout being started this week? And It is um, strange as
1: well in some sense that you keep hearing that uh, not a lot of these vaccines have gone through all the stages of testing that's been required and uh, government is also not encouraging any sort of uh, questions from the press so that doesn't really instill a lot of confidence but at this stage I think whatever comes our way we're just taking
0: it so (laughs) yeah uh, yeah and I think the same thing happened here uh, when we um, authorized well I say we the, uh the government or the um appropriate um department authorized the vaccine here that they did say that they'd skip or did some of the things uh, co uh currently instead of you know in different stages like, like they nor- uh, normally would do but th- th- this is a strange time so um i think one of the vaccines is the same as the one we've got here um so i suppose like everything else um for better or worse, we have to. Uh, have a little bit of faith that the medical uh, people are a little bit more trustworthy than some of the politicians. So I'm, I'm uh, basing yeah. my uh, um, trust on them. So hopefully that will work out. Uh, but it's- what, it what,
1: what is the scene in UK? Is it being dished out very fast? Uh, has it been accessible for everyone?
0: No, uh, we've had the first Pfizer uh, vaccine, which is a lot harder to distribute. The temperature has to be kept at um, you know, really, really low I think it's minus 70 or something like that so that has been a slow start but we knew that when it was released Um, I think they've done about a million people so far but the new one that should make a difference is the Oxford one that is being rolled out from tomorrow and they're looking to do around 2 million people vaccinated by the middle of February and um, to be able to be in a position to reduce a lot of the lockdown measures or restrictions uh, from March so that's the sort of timescale we're looking at. Um, I think this is the Oxford one is going to be the game changer in terms of mass rollout of the vaccine and making a, having an impact in life generally. Uh, but up till now it's been slow, but it's for the reason that that first fight of vaccine um, had to be stored and there were really tight restrictions on how it can be distributed. And uh, that's the reason um, I'm waiting for my parents Uh, they should be getting hopefully a call this week they're in that top priority group I know a couple of people who've had the vaccine the first shot Um, there are two shots uh, but they've changed the plans on the second shot now, it was going to be two or three weeks after the first one but they've changed the plans now whereby they are going to Uh, try and get as many people with the first shot and then start doing the second shot. So there's a bit of controversy around that. But I mean, the big headline in the news is that uh, the vaccine is out there and it's being rolled out. So it's just a matter of waiting a a few more weeks considering what we've been through. I think that's not a big ask. So that's where we are. Um, We're in lockdown in tier four now. Leicester went into tier four um, on Boxing Day. Um, so we had one day with the family on Christmas day, which is really nice. First time I've seen uh, my family, uh, brother and uh, parents for the first, in the previous year, obviously you face FaceTime them every day, but that's not the same. So that was good for one day we were allowed to do that. Uh, we did get tested, me and my son, just to make sure the day before everything was fine. So yeah, we took the proportion. That was good. Um, I know in India, um, I was speaking to Prasan from the Cricket Show and he was saying that uh, meeting families is not as restrictive there as it is here, yeah. is that right?
1: And I live with my family so You, know, no, but
0: that's, you, you can uh, meet with other households?
1: Yeah, yeah, and also I, I went to a friend's wedding, which was Oh in, wow. Yeah, in Karnataka so I drove there and came back
0: with no restrictions whatsoever Oh wow, that is a different world to where we are at have been... Um, it, it is not necessarily
1: a better world. I, I I do get this feeling that we're just being careless. It's not like there's no COVID here. I think it's it's, it's become so tough for uh, the society to move forward with all these restrictions for like an entire year. I, I am afraid of uh, a sudden peak though because all my friends, uh, everyone you follow on Twitter, on Instagram, all of them are either in Marshall or in Goa. Enjoy the snow or enjoying the sun. It's, it, it's almost like COVID never existed. So it's a little yeah. worrying, but yeah, hopefully yeah. everything is in control.
0: Well, fingers crossed, because um, I don't think you've had the second peak. Fingers crossed you don't because of the vaccine. Uh, we've had two, and the second peak has been a lot, lot worse than the first one. Um, our case numbers are really, really high. In past week, I think it was pretty much 50,000 a day. The death rates are high, higher now. Uh, but the more worrying fact is the hospitals are getting full. I think we had 22,000 people in, nationally in England, which is a reaching capacity for this country. Um, so, uh, absolutely opposite picture to what you've just described. Um, some footballers did their us down, uh, where they celebrated um, breaking some COVID rules. So we'll see what comes out of that. But let's. Um, uh, move on to football and better things. But like I said, uh, light at the end of the tunnel for India and for us with the vaccine. So we'll see how that goes out. But we've had football to uh, keep us going, uh, both with the English Premier League here over Christmas, as you know, a lot of lot of games, but also by, back home in the ISL. Um, and a couple of things I just wanted to take your views on um, in terms of how the games have been going. And obviously there's a big game for my boys, uh, this afternoon, a bottom-of-the-table clash, which I never thought I'd be saying at the start of the uh, season. Um, A lot of pressure on uh, Stuart Baxter and Orisha today uh, to get a result. I don't think a point will be good. Um, What's the feeling in India are you getting in terms of Orisha and the expectations? Maybe we had, I think, um, to be fair, Rohan had when we spoke to him with the signings he'd made, with the appointment of Coach Baxter. I was really happy with it. I know you were really excited by some of the signings, but um, the year's not gone well, and there's a lot of pressure there on him and the players to get a result today. I personally don't think a point will be good. I think we need a win. Um, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Odisha's reached a stage where now they need a couple of victories to salvage their season. Uh, yeah, on paper, they had everything going for them. Perhaps not the starting names for India, but we like we discussed earlier. I think uh, it has a group of people who could uh, perhaps make it to the Indian squad in the near future. There was a lot of uh, potential talent in that team, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, yeah, it's it's a little bizarre. Um, I don't know. I think again, we discussed we did discuss this a uh, couple of episodes back in terms of. What is the best strategy for a manager? To have a good plan A, stick to it, have a distinct identity, or do we want to have a a, a versatile manager, a pragmatic manager with A, B, C and B plans, for example? And uh, I remember us uh, talking to Rohan, and I think Rohan was saying that you wanted a coach who could adapt as per matches. Uh, I am not so sure whether that's the best policy going. But um, again, I am nobody to judge. We've seen really good pragmatic managers and get results and all that. But if you want to be a good powerhouse, you know, establish us as his favourites, uh, challenge the top four of ISL. I think you coaches with a certain identity and that I've not seen in Coach Baxter. I don't know if, the, if it is down to the fact that his players are not really performing to the mark. I don't know if there is some, uh, you know, uh, unexpected challenge that he faced after coming to India <clears throat> but I've really not seen that kind of a consistency uh, in, in managerial style from Coach Baxter as well uh, for all his uh, little little weakness here and there Gombau had a distinct plan with that Odisha side mm. he knew the players he cared for them he was like a mentor for them which I don't think Coach Baxter has sort of risen up to so it's a, it's a I mean, it's too early to say coach Baxter is not made for India or anything of that sort, but you see the likes of Owen Coyle, really inspiring confidence and really playing really good football, even with a small squad, right, so um, yeah, it's a very difficult time for I mean, Rohan as well, I suppose, like what do you do now? You you have to salvage the team and often the quick fix is to, you know, sack the manager or get somebody else, but but that's, like we said, that's just a quick fix, right? So, interesting, interesting times. And I, I somehow feel they are there, just about there. I don't think their foreigners have really stood up. So, maybe, you know, just trust an all Indian squad. Just go play, have some fun. Anyway, there is no relegation to worry about. So, have fun, create an identity, stick to stick to something. I think they should use the remainder of the season that way.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, it's something that when we spoke to Rohan about um, saying that, you know, are you going to appoint a manager for one season, which seemed to be the trend in the ISL? And he goes, no, we have got a bit of a project. That's why I gave him a two-year contract. I think it's a two-year contract uh, with coaching. an additional
1: option to make it three,
0: I guess. Yeah. And um, I-, I hope he sticks with it. Despite the um, start we've had, um, I think um, chopping and changing, we've known that never works unless you want to bring other dice in, but um, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Uh, but I hope he sticks with uh, Coach there. And the players, like you said, um, are young. Um, they are future internationals. I think if we can make it into a project and see how we are next year, because uh, the addition is that obviously it's they're playing in Goa. They've not got that home field. So we've got to take that into account a little bit. Um, they are young players. So I hope uh, the project carries on. And Coach Baxter stays with the team and is um, given that next season to see really where we are with Orisha because it could be a team that um, just needs that one more year because they've not been far away, like you say. They've had a few injuries at the start, but you can see the talent that they've got and that talent is, um, is bound to come through. Um, but uh, you mentioned another manager there who seems to have found the formula and that's Owen Coyle. Um, he's, he, he, yeah. he surprised me hugely when he came last year, and you know what my thoughts were. But I have to, and uh, I, I think I said it last time when he took um, Chennai into the finals, that um, he's proved me wrong. I apologize. And he's doing it again. And I was looking at the results for Jumped for, you know, the, the beat 80 uh, They drew against uh, the big boys of Mumbai. Um, they lost, unluckily, last minute against Goa and a good result against uh, BFC. He seems to have found the formula in terms of Indian football and how to... He had a dodgy start, but he caped, kicked that pace and um, he's doing an amazing job.
1: Absolutely, and I, I don't even think that Jamstead's squad is that great. Yeah. I think there's a lot of problems, and it's, it's really reliant on really young, upcoming Indians, and then ask It's, it's, it's pretty much uh, being uh, that one... one pivot in some sense to, you know, give the ball. And uh, I mean, as someone who's followed uh, Indian football for the last 10-12 uh, years, having a leader striker up front, I think, I don't have the stats to prove it, but somehow, like, significantly alters your fortune. If your striker scores, you're bound to finish top four of the, top four of the league. And we've seen it again and again, I remember. Churchill getting Willis Plaza, I think was the last season or the season before that and he came and scored a lot of goals. And he was a, I mean, it's a little unfair to call him mediocre, but not a side that was expected to perform. And this one tall striker, you could just give it to him and he would score the goal. So, yeah, Vasquez is doing, a, I mean, it's, it's unfair to compare it to Willis Plaza, but like, anyway, like Vasquez is doing a really good job as a as a perfect striker for... Oven coil setup, and he's also also the youngsters like Aniket Yadav, when everybody like really working hard and working as a unit. And uh, yeah, I think it also goes back to the uh, the the idea that uh, Jamshedpur, who owned by the Dadas, uh, really no Indian football. They've been in the same for quite a long time. People mm. keep forgetting that. Uh, I know Jamshedpur is a young team. Uh, a relatively new team, but they've been in the academy business for quite a long time and have developed some of India's best footballers for a long while. So they probably realized, hey, Owen Coyle is perfect for our project. We don't have to necessarily go by like top players like Bangalore and Goa and anything. We can use this guy, use this year to really build a team and then maybe invest in one or two big players next season. And they've got it spot on so far
0: yeah definitely with the results against the big boys as well that's what's been impressive for me and the other one less impressed well two players actually one Nigerian um, Stephen Easy and um, also I've been uh, really impressed with um, he's got a great name Jackie Chan Um, you probably know him well not probably you do know him a lot better than me but he's been we seem to have a good bench strength of midfielders, they're all of the similar build, but they've all got that talent of beating players and getting the assists. Jackie and...
1: Jackie's a pro now, Jackie's been around the state for quite a long time. I mean, he's, he was a significant part of the uh, and team under Sergio as well. I think uh, he's played for most of the team. Jackie was a broken out during that Royal Bahimpo season. I don't know, I'm sorry confused that way. But he's been around, he's been a pro for quite a, quite a long time. He's played for most sides of the country and it's not a surprise that he sort of polished his skills and become really useful and uh, whenever we've given him a good target man, Jackie delivers. Jackie is that kind of a, a out-and-out winger who always looking for a target man and he's not your inverted winger who will come and score a lot of goals. He's always looking for the final pass. So, no surprise in Jackie really performing well. And, um, yeah, Eze, like I said about uh, having a big striker, having a big defender is a second big step to, you know, uh, building a successful team. And he is literally big. He, he is, like, he was standing up to uh, fall for uh, Mumbai City. And uh, I think Eze it seemed bigger than uh, Odata fall. And I was like, wow, we've got really big uh, uh, footballers playing as central. Even Chennai has got a very big uh, set back. So, yeah, uh, uh, no surprise there. And he's also coming and scoring very important goals. The thing is uh, Jamshitpur is reflecting a lot of positivity. When you see them play football, they seem to be enjoying their football. They seem to be happy playing for football. They seem to be happy wearing their jersey. And that makes a significant difference. And uh, Which is what is probably lacking in Odisha. Everybody seems a little down and shoulders down and um, they're looking a little bamboozled with the prospect of playing in the ISL. So, yeah, uh, good for
0: jump and good for quite And I'm always looking for that one team that might break into the top four. Um, you yeah, we know what the big four are. Um, and, you know, at the start, I thought it'd be Northeast, but you quite rightly said, you know, we'll see if this can be sustained. And they're having a bit of a blip at the moment. You know, they've not won for all, three or four games. Uh, but Jamshedpur, um, we can't ru- write them off. Not with that manager; he's done it and shown us uh, how to do it. Um, they have to be surely contenders at the halfway stage.
1: Yeah. Uh, only worries again is the, uh, the squad depth is always a big worry for these so-called smaller teams. So when looking like a look at some side like an atk k have abundant players in every position that they can obviously you know get somebody on board. When somebody gets injured or something, and if you look at the uh, next set of schedules, uh, I think Kerna Blasters, for example, are playing eight matches in a month. That's that's a lot of football for a for a small squad. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it, that is going to be the challenge for all all other teams, the top four, and uh, we we'll wait and see who can come out uh, come out best.
0: Last time I thought you know when we spoke, um, I was a little bit. Um, well, asking if what's happening with Goa, and they've turned it around since we had that conversation. So it might be down to you as well in giving them the advice as to what's going wrong because they seem to have turned it around. Um, can you give or do they need any advice at Bengaluru? Um, I
1: don't know. I think uh, Bengaluru got so comfortable eking out victories with those long balls. They have to realize people are watching them. And people are finding, uh, you know, a pattern in their football using their big men somehow. You know, uh, over-reliant on set pieces. So you can train a team to defend that. Those things are not like ask Sam Allardyce; <laughs> they'll say, like you know, you give us set pieces, we will try to uh, somehow you know set our team to defend. But if you play quick football. There's no way like you quickly and your through balls and all. that's that's harder to stop, right? So. Bangalore should go back to relying on their strength, uh, is to, which is to play good football. That's how Bangalore FC became Bangalore FC. They, they played like uh, super beautiful free flowing football, likes of Chain 3, CK Vinny, Yuris and Lindo, all those little uh, maestros in the, uh, the other half of the football pitch. So it, it, it can't be changed overnight because this is a working system right now for Bangalore. But why don't you push the likes of, say, um, you know, Ashik up forward. Why don't you? Ashik is now in Georgia, unfortunately. He's already part of the setup. But, uh, uh, like Udanda, Udanda has still got a lot of pace and probably a little bit of confidence is all that is required to change him around. And you need to really trust your attackers more. I think Bangalore has become so comfortable with the big men doing everything for them. And unfortunately, teams are finding a way to
0: you say that they need to go back to the way they were playing. Uh, they've got the same coach and pretty much the same team. Um, why, why do they change? Because this new formula of um, defensive football, counter attacking, and long balls is working? Or why do so they change? I would
1: say, I think when I say their old ways, I'm not talking about, say, series, one season back. I'm talking right. about, okay. like, Westwood and Roca and all them. Uh, their managers. So when when it was Aston uh, Westwood it was fast attacking, direct football, more like a Germany side. Um, and Roca brought in the possession football. They would dominate matches. It was like the Barcelona peak days, so where they would just dominate, 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 and then find a way to uh, crack and Not most easier to watch, easiest to watch because I'm not a huge fan of you know people just bossing the possession so much. But they were very efficient, and they never let the other team take it to them. Right now, I would say Quadrat is sort of lost, he, Maybe he, is, he is a continuation from Proka. he used to work with Proca. so the idea was he would take the project a little forward, but I feel it's gone backwards and he's just, um, he's gone back to the Indian football template of using big men to win matches, that's unfortunately not what we wanted in 2021 and uh, hopefully Bangalore realises that and change their ways. If
0: not drastically, at least slowly go back to playing football. And in terms of, um, I know the media coverage is not here, it's not comparable, but when a big team, we saw the stories with Arsenal, and it's always fun to um, see Arsenal struggle because Arsenal TV is a lot of uh, fun watching when they're struggling and they've turned it around, but they had a huge press. Um, I know India is at a different stage of evolution of football. But um, do you hear um, people, uh, supporters, uh, in fan groups uh, getting on backs of teams? I mean, uh, for example, at like Kerala, I know you're saying they're quite um, acid or calm. Uh, the expectation. I don't know why there. though.
1: I'm I'm angry, and uh, I'm I'm livid that the fan groups just keep on saying. No, we need to trust the process. We need to believe in the system. We need to do this. That's career. what I
0: hear a lot. Yeah, and that's a problem. And I'm like,
1: how long? What is this? Uh, what is this so-called? If you're a true fan, you will support the team. I am still supporting the team, but I can be angry. What is <laughs> this? What is this concept that I can I cannot be angry? I, I can be really angry with the team and still really like the team, right? I don't think half of these AFT uh, Arsenal fan TV guys also gave it.
0: They like the team. Oh, they love the team. They are yeah, but the yeah. they
1: care about the team. Again, I'm, I don't want to promote them in any way. Sometimes I do feel it goes to the toxic line so much. But nevertheless, it's, it's because we are fans that we care so much and we're passionate. And this is football. It's a game of emotions and passion. It can't be that you just, you know, just say, oh, no, everything is positive. Kerala lost to City yesterday. A Mumbai City yesterday. And everybody's like, yeah, but we played well. So, I'll play chance. <laughs> Wow! Like they could have scored four, <laughs> and uh, and if you're not scoring from your chances, then that's poor. You, you know you need to highlight it. And the, the defense was so leaky; they missed a penalty. God! Like, how long will we continue traveling in this positivity train? I have no idea. But this is what I hear, and I am the annoyed one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it surprises yeah. me. About Orisha and we should give him another year. And, uh, but the expectations were not met. In my eyes, probably uh, the expectations in my eyes were too high and I was saying, all right, let's keep the faith. And I did put a tweet out early on that keep the faith, you know. Uh, but I think when you're at one of the big clubs and I, to be fair, I count Kerala as one of the big clubs because of the fan base and um, BFC <laughs> That's obviously... That's the only,
1: only thing big about Kerala right now unfortunately.
0: Yeah, but I, I look at it and I see sort of comparisons with Newcastle and the fans, how annoyed they are with the management, with the ownership and uh, the way the club you, you,
1: I, I'm so happy you said this because I'm probably going to take the snapshot, uh, 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 a small portion of this and send it to my friends because I literally called the team in Newcastle today. <laughs> exactly what is happening in Newcastle.
0: Yeah, and that's why it surprises me. I know we're at a different stage in India in terms of the evolution of football, but uh, the fans really need to start, um, um, you know, saying how they feel a bit more. I don't think that makes you uh, any less of a fan. Um, Arsenal TV is a personal example, and we're giving them a lot of publicity here, but uh, the guys spend a fortune following their team. And if you're spending that hard-earned money, all right, it's Arsenal TV, so it's not hard-earned money, but... uh, uh, the rest of us, who spend a lot of um, uh, money following our clubs. And, you know, one of the things that came out of uh, lockdown was the realisation, because obviously we're not spending that money on match day when we go out, um, how much money we do spend when we go to watch football. And the amount of money I've saved, um, it's, it, when I added it up, me and my friend, uh, we, we did this the other day and it was quite shocking you don't realize when you follow your club, you know, you just take it for granted because it's part of your life and you do it. You rock up on a Saturday or if it's an away game, how much money you do spend. So when we spend that sort of money, and it's the same in India, it's not easy to earn money. And then you spend it supporting your club, whether it's a home or away. Surely you have the right to say, no, this is not good enough. This is not on uh, because it's not showing disloyalty at all. So hopefully we'll get to that stage where people, like I said, there is a line you don't cross. Um has to be constructive, uh, can't be abusive. But um and the passion's there, but we just need to also call out um or the fans start need to call out uh because otherwise
1: otherwise the management is gonna just sit there, right? Like, huh, these guys don't care anyway. We just need to put out eleven eleven people on the field and they're happy
0: yeah, yeah, and um I think that. There's also the feeling sitting here comfortably in Leicester that uh, some of the fan clubs, you know, need to be on the right side of the owners. Um, so there's that worry as yeah, well. I,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, I understand that, which is different to here. Um, I know we had a fan club here in Leicester that was very in the bad days. Um, I say bad days prior to these owners, who were very against um, the club, and their banners used to be. Uh, confiscated, and um, the supporters just won't have it. They said, "No freedom of speech. You know, you've got to let us speak." And they did get their way, uh, but um, I can I can understand that. But come on, uh, Blasters fans, uh, say how you feel. And same with the Bengaluru fans. That's where I was coming from. But, you know, they're a big club, huge fan base as well, uh, a lot of passionate and involved uh, supporters. I was just thinking, you know, uh, are you happy with what's happening? Let us know. Uh, but we'll see what um, comes out of that. Uh, But I also wanted to talk to you about, we've talked a lot about the lack of depth when it comes to strikers in India. We know that. I'm not going to go over that today. But what I did want to say is, are we building a good bench strength in terms of goalkeepers? Um, And for me, I think the difference between Gurpreet and the rest is not as big as what... Some people might think, or am I being um, over-optimistic and they're wearing my blue-tainted glasses, of everything's good. But do you think the bench threat of goalkeepers is good now?
1: Of course, of course. And it has, it has largely down to the fact that that's a position where I think now want to fill an Indian player. They don't want to waste a foreign player as a goalkeeper. So they started trusting the Indians. Uh, paying big money to get the good goalkeepers and now they're paying the rewards. So this is what we've all been saying. Why don't you trust the same with a good defender? Why don't you do the same with an attacker? Because mm, that's the only way we can move forward, right? So, yeah, I think that's that's that. And uh, uh, the likes of Gurpreet himself, uh, I think that there was initially some interest from Europe and he did play in Europe for a while. And uh, uh, So, he is a good uh, you know, he's a good benchmark. So all the other keepers also kept sort of aspiring to be like him. And forget Gurpreet. There is a senior pro in Soprata who is still yeah. up there and, you know, performing really well. So, and you have like Amrinder, Rinder, Vishal Khet, and, uh, he's been making silly mistakes, but he's also been pulling off really good penalty saves. So a lot of young keepers, like you rightly pointed out, and, uh, with a lot of different skills. So. Yeah, I'm like a like, Navas is a ball playing uh, keeper, but like good is or somebody is a big shortstopper. stopper. So, uh, I still feel good is the best we have right now. I do feel good seems a little off. I don't know if that's the right term. I don't know. I mean, he's not your peak. It doesn't feel like he's commanding a. Uh, I don't know. It's all purely from what I can see on a TV, but somehow I. Uh, he has. Sort of lost interest, uh, or it doesn't have the same presence as he had in the dressing room, say three years back. I don't know. Something seems off. Something seems off about the entire of site, by the way. I mean, they're winners, they're, they're, they're the big, and they're all that, but something seems missing, and would be being one part
0: of it. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, with GoPreet, is it just reflective of the way BFC are? And that's why I, I wanted to talk about them as to, you know, um, are things all where they should be with uh, BFC. But um, with Kuprit, um, I mean, the main point for me was that, you know, if he's not there for the national team, for whatever reason, I don't think we've got anything to worry about. I think, like you mentioned, Ball, and I have to give a shout-out to a person I interviewed who really came across really, really well, and he's playing really well. He's a young, young keeper, but uh, with a lot of talent and um, uh, with a father that's um, quite... Um, constructive in terms of um, his criticism. Um, I'm I, I loving that he's getting a, a lot more chances than uh, I thought he would when I interviewed him because uh, obviously I've got a couple of good goalkeepers there as well. But Amrinda, um, you, you mentioned Albino. But my main point was that, you know, we're in a good place and it's I think it's a reflection of how we've progressed. That so we've got a bench strength of goalkeepers there. If it's not there, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, just like I said, um uh, earlier that you know we've got a good talented midfield bench um i think those two positions i would say that india uh, are doing really well at and uh, we've got really really good talent in those two positions we'll talk about center fights in another show but um i just wanted to take your view in terms of the goalkeeping and um how it's come along since the early days like you said it might be the case that uh, the clubs don't want to waste that money but it's shown through by the talent that's come through as well um so yeah that, i think that's a lot of positives for us it's, it's a system forward.
1: right so so when the island's sites realize that oh i said they're looking to buy keepers now they also start playing indian keepers because they know this potential thing so it's sort of that's how the ecosystem works right so as long as there's demand there's on supply, and uh, yeah, that's. Um, I think we are good for keepers in the next, in, in the future, because I don't see ISF teams going back to uh, putting foreigners behind the United States. So uh, I think we will we, we'll be covered that way.
0: Yeah, and I, I think what you said, Dr. to set, set, uh, set a standard uh, that everybody else has to apply, uh, get to, and I think they are getting there if uh, a couple are not already there. Maybe, in my opinion, Uh, but um, I think um, it it is something that will progress and get better. So it's a very good sign for Indian football moving forward. Um, It's also obvious um, the January transfer window is upon us here and it's been in India, I think, a week early or something. And I was just looking at some of the transfers that were made. Um, and East Bengal have been really busy not surprisingly uh, I think they brought in four players the one that stood out for me was who uh, used to play for Wolves here um, I think he's come in we'll see how much of a difference he makes but the one that I wanted to talk to you about was and this was a surprise for me uh, was the business done between Kerala and ATK and I believe my initial impressions were going to be uh, why this trade has been done by Kerala at this stage. But then obviously, this story has got bigger since then. Um, do you want to fill us in? Because my initial thoughts were going to be on the lines of why would Kerala you know, want to do this swap? But um, what's happened with this transfer?
1: So, from what I know from my sources as well, is that Nongdamba uh, wanted out, he didn't want oh, to right. stay. Yeah, so he had six months left in his contract and he wasn't uh, intending to uh, sign further. So there was a possibility of uh, Kerala losing him on free. And uh, ATK had clear interest, ATK Mohan Bagan, sorry. Uh, so uh, having been a stellar performer for Mohan last season round, uh, they did want him back. And it probably uh, got uh, amplified by the fact that Suse Raj got injured. So they did want uh, a tricky. Uh, being a hooky player left side of the midfield. So uh, that way, I think uh, it was, it was just, it was, it made sense for both parties. I think uh, number was offered a five-year contract by Kata Blasters. Oh, wow. If I can believe my sources. Just like uh, Jackson and uh, Sahal and Rahul and all. They wanted him on long-term basis, but he refused. So the sale was on. The sale was uh, always going to happen. From what I understand, Kerala Blaster's management uh, or the medical team didn't really understand the gravity of Dharma's injury, which he picked up and even made him go through a couple of uh, very harsh uh, training sessions as well. And yeah, it's, it's bizarre that, um, I, I mean, you could also you could argue that Kerala Blaster's knew it; they wanted to the sail to go through nevertheless. And so they, they kept quiet about it. I don't know. But that aside, then uh, Mohan Maga did, or ADK Mohan Bagan did come and signed the player, had a training session with him and then realised he's got a very, uh, you know, ACL injury is a big deal in, in football, right? So, uh, to figure this out after, after all this drama and after signing a player seems ridiculous to say the least and probably, I mean, this might be the biggest eye-opener you want about Indian football and what goes behind the scenes, so... Are they saying they trust, they, they, they trust the uh, big uh, factor for signing without a medical I have no idea. Some people even argue that it could be because of the fact that uh, if, if he had to be taken outside and they'll have to break the bio bubble wound. but like you I mean you've uh, doctors and you've got physiotherapists and all those people with you traveling and it's an ACL injury it's not like a it's not like a small wound uh, yeah you've got like a dead finger or something like that it's a, it's a, it's a it's a serious injury and the fact that this could not be detected was was strange and then then comes the drama of ADK saying hey we won't pay for the player if uh, you know if he's injured which is again bizarre why did you sign him up uh, if you're not intending to pay they they had refused to uh, acknowledge the the reverse transfer of Shugo, uh, of uh, Ghosh into uh, Ghosh to Kerala Blasters that got really messed up because Kerala Blasters has already had already announced a playoff but they refused to uh, you know register in, in the AFF uh, backside and a lot of drama happening here and there. Uh, a lot of petty drama, if I may add, because this is this is not cool because Ghosh's transfer it should be it, like should not have. Being bothered by the non saga at all. He, he wanted to move. The, the NOC was given. Why would you give an NOC a no-objection certificate and then create this drama of saying, oh, no, wait, we don't intend to do that. And at the end of the day, it's an injury. And uh, it can be healed. It can be... That's what, that's what happens to footballers. He could take up this injury two weeks later also. Then would you have not paid for the player... Would you have not taken care of his injury, whatever. But from what I understand right now, Kerala Blasters have agreed to take care of the surgery or whatever cost that is required, but the deal will go through.
0: Wow, where do (laughs) I begin? Where do I begin with this? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) When Indian football can't make things up, they certainly can't, you you, you can't write this stuff. Um, All right, let me start from the beginning. Why does, why did uh, Nogmanda want to leave? He's a talented player playing at a big club. Uh, don't question me on that one. I'm going to call it a big club. Um, why did he want to leave? Game time or progression or game time
1: or maybe he doesn't like Kerala so much. Maybe he was influenced by a lot of other people. ATK is a huge side, so right. even Kerala is big. Whatever, like ATK is like a side that can obviously challenge for trophies. So he thought probably that's nice. And he's a kid. I mean, heads can be turned really easily by multiple projects. Why did Teeret Singh leave to ATK? Why did, you know, so many youngsters go to there. When there was very limited chance of them actually playing. So, yeah, I mean, we can only guess why Nongdamba chose to um, move to ATK. He seemed pretty happy about it. And uh, maybe there was a discussion in Kerala as well. But it's strange because they offered him a long-term contract. So it's not important, yeah.
0: So, yeah, that, that, that's the thing that stood out for me. I, obviously, I was not aware of the offer of five-year contracts because I think that for yeah. an Indian footballer is something unusual, maybe yeah, a, a incredible offer. And, um, you yeah. know, uh, so that's one thing. And, and, I and, use...
1: and if he was well advised, that, that's a good way to, you know, put your foot down and, you know, work on your career, right? Like, hmm. have two, three seasons with the club, find, you know, everything similar, uh, you know, have a, have a distinct pattern with things. He also had likes of Jigs in. We're all part of their under 17 World Cup uh, gang. So, you also have friends in the squad. Why? I, mean, I don't know why he chose to do it, but I'm sure he has his reasons. Uh, and, of course, there's been a lot of winding up happening throughout the season as well from the Kolkata side, trying to get him back on board. So, maybe he got influenced by all these things. And, yeah. like, I know it's just a strange thing to say, but at least Kolkata is closer to home. I don't know if that matters at all. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. Manipur, and but maybe yeah, maybe that's
0: also. And um, as somebody who lives in Kerala, um, what about having Gosh in the team? I'm um, just looking at the footballing before I question you on the mad things that happened afterwards. But having <laughs> no, um, Gosh is
1: you know. a Gosh is a very exciting prospect. I was uh, uh, when ATK signed uh, Manir also this season. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Because that's like. Jobby Justin, Manvir, Ghosh, those was also was part of that team then, back then, even though he did leave to East Bengal, so Balvan. Roy Krishna, uh, David Williams, I was like, are they going to play an entire squad with strikers? Because they've got that many with them. So, I was really worried about Ghosh because he was one of those upcoming prospects. We keep looking for Sunil Chetri's successor. So, whenever we see an interesting striker, we're always like excited and we're like, oh, would he be the next successor? Or? We are always looking at it. So, Gores getting game time was very important. And I think him coming to Kerala makes a lot of sense because both Kerala strikers have been very dicey. Um, Mare has been at least a little bit proactive. Uh, Gary Hooper has really, you know, blank fire. So, uh, there is a prospect for, and uh, Kibo has also worked with him last season at Montemar so
0: yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: it made a lot of sense it made a lot of sense for him to come here and at least get a lot of lot more of game time. if not a starter at least he, he would have definitely got 30-40 minutes in most matches so the ghost transfer makes a lot of sense and I'm sorry ATK would have wanted to keep him but like at the end of the day there is there's a limit to how many footballers you can keep and uh, and I think uh, Karablast Blasters thought hey this is a good opportunity to rope in a youngster
0: well, right, moving on. And by, by the sound of it, um, on paper, you know, I've got a good deal here by the sound, the way you described um, Ghosh and um, where uh, Nogbandar's mind was in terms of wanting a move out. And obviously a striker will make a difference to the blasters. But then the question comes about signings in India and the way things are done. Uh, I'm just reflecting of how things are done here, which is totally different. Because no matter what the selling club says, The player has a full physical and medical and it goes on when you see transfer deadline day, uh, how everything is still done uh, to ensure the uh, players are done. And uh, you've seen the documentaries on Netflix and Amazon with United and uh, Sheffield United and Leeds United and how they can be. I don't think the fact that they're in a bubble would stop them doing that. They have all the medical facilities because players have all sorts of injuries. So they must have the resources to cater for that. And this is a well-run ATK. Big, it's, it's a big club. How can they sign a player and not do a medical and put him in a training and then say, oh my goodness, what have we done here? I mean, what was, what was their thought process? Were they so trusting of Kerala Blasters? that you know we we'll, well, don't need to do any due diligence you know what
1: I want you to guess because I, I, have, I have no idea why don't you try guessing <laughs> they would have done that because I have no I mean it makes no sense in the world that you would you know sign a player without a medical. and you can come up with all these excuses of bubble and what not to you know please your hardcore fans but as neutrals or as you know journalists as observers we're not going to buy that thing you know there's something beyond all this. It almost felt like, hey, he's got an injury, so maybe we can use that as an excuse to not pay up whatever we promised. Kedar blasters, you know. Yeah. This, this could be a reason. This is how Indian football works. So this could well be a reason. And the thing is, we are all blind, army, that immediately this is you know announced. All the Kolkata fans are like, oh no, Kerra blasters, cheats. They have no legacy. They have no, <laughs> no. Kerala no, blasts no. on the other side, you know the, the Mal- Malayali fans are like, oh what, a, you know, terrible Club not even doing medical. I am sure Kerala, you know, their claim is that Nongthombam did not have any injury, and they and it happened in Kolkata. Uh, sorry, Practice in Japan, Kolkata's camp. So a lot of blame came here and there. When we should be like really sitting down and asking, guys, what's going on? Like, what what is happening in football? This is this is mediocre. This is not this tsunami happening in 1999. And here we are
0: in 2021 and still doing all this. I think he, it's black and white. ATK have messed up. Um, either he got the injury, like you said, in training, or they didn't do the due diligence with the checks. I don't think Kerala are at our fault uh, in any way at all. Um, and I think... Um, I'm sure
1: Kerala is also at fault in terms of... They probably didn't detect the
0: injury. number did have problems with his knee. They didn't even... No, but if I'm selling... I'm selling, and um, you know, I don't say my car's got a fault, and you buy it without having it checked. It's your fault. Don't take my word for it. This is professional football. Um, we're not here to, uh, you know. Um... No, I'm just saying that
1: had the sales not happened, yeah. What, from what I hear, they didn't actually detect a ACL injury. How bad is their medical team that you couldn't detect <laughs> an ACL injury? I'm I'm really
0: concerned for the other players in that sense. Well. <laughs> yeah, but um, my view is, uh, as a neutral, I think uh, eight, uh, the onus is on ATK to make sure everything's ticked and all the eyes are dotted and what have you. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, that that was. Well, when, when you told me about what happened, because I was just going to generally just talk about whether it was a good deal for Kerala, but uh, the backstory is unbelievable. And for me, it doesn't shine a good light, like you say, on APK and their medical staff. Uh, for a big team like that, um, yeah, that's a big embarrassment. Um, but moving on, I mean, the transfer window, is it the same until end of January, or is it different in India?
1: Yeah, January yeah. transfer.
0: So East Bengal obviously made um, some uh, bit, uh, number of signings. Uh, they need it obviously um, to turn their season around. They've got a huge number of, um, if uh, uh, Indian players, and I think they're in a couple of foreigners to see if they'll make a difference. We'll see if they play today or whether they'll be in quarantine. Maybe so we'll see how that comes up. Um, The other thing I wanted to very quickly get your thoughts on is um, the I-League is going to happen in a bubble in Kolkata and I'm looking forward to the I-League. I'm not sure I'll get any coverage, um, but we'll see. Um, It's going to be interesting not having East Bengal and Mohan Bagan in there. And who are the favourites now? I mean, it's become a lot more open or do you think um, there's still big teams there that uh, can run, uh, you know, Uh, Obviously, the format's changed as well. I think uh, they're being halfway through um, two groups, a championship group and a relegation group, which I'm looking forward to seeing how that works. But that's just part of the uh, nature of where we are with the football. Um, Are you looking forward to the I League? And uh, I know that's proper football as you would say. the real football. Um,
1: Yeah. uh, Last year was very difficult to follow because of bad coverage. So, I'll, be, I, I'll raise my hand and say, I've not watched a lot of football last time around. season I was working with an I League side, so I had way better access. But last year, unfortunately, I couldn't follow a lot of matches because of uh, really poor broadcast. And this year, also, they've got uh, one place sports, something like that. It's not, a, it's not a channel that's readily available on your TVs or something like that. So it's, it's again going to be really hard to cover. But obviously, uh, big size there. Like you asked me the question of who I'm expecting to win, I have no idea, literally no idea. Because again,
0: this was the opportunity I, to say this is going to be uh Gokulam's time. Because uh, the, the, I, mean, Gokulam, have, yeah. I said that last
1: year, I thought, yeah, Gokulam good, uh, good squad last time. But this year, I'm not really uh, as uh, amazed by their foreign recruit as last time around. Last time around, they did have a lot of good players and they did have a good pre-season run. into. Uh, by, you know, winning the Duran Cup and playing really well in a couple of other tournaments as well. So, this time around, very hard to judge. Uh, I'm expecting Real Kashmir to really perform well. Because they played the IFA really well. Yeah. Strong side. Chennai City, they're always a a surprise fact, right? They, they, They always recruit really good players and I know... Uh, Hare Krishnan, who's always sort of been talked about in Kerala as a really good midfielder they've signed in and they've got a very good side there in Chennai uh, Gogolim obviously with all their pedigree and not pedigree but like uh, they're, they're a good side they know how to get things done so yeah these, these are the sides for me and Punjab not forget Punjab they've, they've made some really good signings there and, uh,
2: including
1: I think uh, Diawara the, the Uh, last year's star striker so they are also a good side so I think I I would put my main on these sides
0: too. yeah Yeah, and I am actually looking forward to it more than last time because um, you know the big boys are not there so-called big boys uh, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Delhi the new team um, that's been um, promoted to the I-League get on in their first season Um, obviously the Northeastern clubs uh, ISIL especially and uh, I'm looking forward to this how this tournament pans out and like you say it'll be interesting uh, Melbourne Sporting, one of the big names of uh, Indian football from back in the day um, and more importantly some Indian coaches as well so that's another good thing I'm looking forward to uh, but we'll talk about that uh, as the season progresses um, but uh, lots to look forward to there as well but before we end, um, we have to bring I have to bring you back to some European football. Big game for you tonight, um, Man City. Uh there's a bigger game before then, um, as we traveled to Newcastle. I was there last year actually. I spent New Year's Eve um in Newcastle, brilliant, brilliant city, lovely people, great night out. Um And we came away with a 3-0 win. But that stadium, oh, my goodness. Um, I remember you
1: telling me about it. Like, you're so far away from the ground.
0: Oh, just to get up there. You need to be fit. (laughs) You really need to be fit. I'm not joking uh, to get into the uh, clouds there. But it's a beautiful stadium, beautiful city. Uh, So we're playing Newcastle today. Um, I'm expecting us to play our first team, which we didn't against um, Palace. I hope Justin
1: scores hat trick because he's there, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of advances in a lot of people's fantasy league. Uh, so, uh, are you in the cup? The cup started yesterday. No, you I'm not. In the cup,
1: I, I, I've i sort of uh, I slacked off in like mid part of FPL. Now, now I'm just back because it's uh, the the COVID really helped me out in the last couple of weeks, but oh, <laughs> lost yeah. the and suddenly I got back into
0: the seat, but uh, uh, I'm not a part of the Cup. And are you looking to Frank getting back to getting his mojo back against Man City? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to talk
1: Chelsea this uh, season. I don't know. I think I'm really I'm happy something is now started, but generally so much English pampering he gets and he gets away <laughs> with everything and. Chelsea it, poor. Look at the squad we have. Yeah, yeah, Chelsea got a very exciting squad. This is not the kind of results we should be getting. These, no,
0: you
1: know, two, one. We're losing all these matches. Mojo's lost not just with Frank Lampard. I don't know if he had the mojo in first place, but <laughs> players as well, it's just yeah, it's it's, a, it's quite disappointing actually.
0: The tide uh, is uh, turning, I have to say, but it's very very slow because of the nature of. Frank and what he means to English football uh, but it is slowly changing, you can start hearing the murmurings and because like you said the talent he brought in over the summer, um, it's just not being reflected on the pitch and then when you start... And he with... goes back and he
1: goes back, so okay he's bought Werner, he's bought Havers use them, right? Like I don't care if Chelsea are going to lose 2-3 matches but like you work on a system that's how Klopp started, that's a. How... Brandon Dodgers started. Everybody was willing to work, you know, with the system and get the people. This fellow was just like, oh, Werner's not playing well today. I'll bring back Zero And put Werner. Yeah. I mean, I love Zero. I think he's one of the best strikers out there. I think he's yeah. a, a superb player, but...
0: I'd love to have, have him work in. Uh, on Lester. your
1: system, right? You have to work on your system. And Frank Laffard seems to be really, really lost there. You'd be price of the system. Yeah. You you, you, Chelsea Beach... A city today simply because want space or something like that, and city really attacks But city is also a chain side. They no longer, yeah. you know, go fully forward. You know, they, they want to defend. They don't like conceding anymore. So city is of change. That yeah. old city might go all out attack and Chelsea will hit them on a counter. But I don't see that also happening.
0: Yeah, uh, City are missing Aguero, the old older Aguero hugely, and that's why they are about to change uh, to ensure they don't concede. Um, So they've gone the other way. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, the murmurings have started at the bridge. And uh, with your owner, um, I know he's not very sentimental um, when it comes (laughs) to changes. But the other owner that's not very sentimental. And why would anybody want to take the PSG job on? Why did Pochettino say yes to this job? Because the only thing you are going to be judged on is winning the Champions League.
1: I think Pochettino realized that United job is not coming to him very soon. So I think it's just like, hey, I need work, right? So everybody thought he's just gonna just walk and replace Ole. But United are playing swashbuckle football. I don't think that's
0: anything to do with Ole.
1: <laughs> that's there, that they've got like really fantastic players forward. But
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and all the teams playing to their strength, like the likes of the system, you know. Oh, you you have a fast attacking, you know, counter attacking team. So why don't we open up space for you so that you, your team can score five six goals? Uh, but yeah, I think um, I, I don't blame i Bosnia is like yeah, whatever, like it's a mid team, so, with a, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, the good thing for managers is that I think they lose their uh, uh, you know credentials by even if you fail at PSC because it's like a doomed project. Nobody judges you even if you disappoint. I think I'm sure there'll be multiple takers for Thomas Tuchel yeah. despite his not so great performance in PSC simply because you know hey, PSE is a different ball game. You know, you just, you you have to have something beyond football also because luck or some sort of, you know, ability to make any goals. I'm sure Sir Alex would have failed it. <laughs> It's a, it's a different,
0: it's a There's thing. no way so Alex would have been given the time at PSG. Um, yeah. He would have won 10 uh, league titles back-to-back but, uh, if he hadn't won the uh, Champions League. But there are big expectations. And it, I mean, I know what you're saying about maybe class it as sort of a free hit as a coach, but it is a big test for Um after Tottenham and how his reputation was built on young players. He's got to go and now manage big stars. Um, it's, going to be, it's going to be a real test for him. And it could be, it can work out that he gets a free hit because he's PSG and you know, he doesn't get Champions League, so he gets sacked. But it could work. It reminds me a bit like um, Eddie Howe of Bournemouth, the famous Eddie Howe that nobody talks about now when a vacancy comes up. Um, he went to Bournemouth, did a brilliant job, went to Burnley, slightly bigger club at that time. And failed, and then went back to Bournemouth. And when you hear he's been out of work now what six, seven months? Any time a vacancy comes up, you don't sort of hear him being mentioned. And he was touted as a future Arsenal manager. So sometimes you know these big career moves can make or break a career as well. Um, I take your point about PSG might be classed as a free hit and too short. To be fair to. Uh, he already had that. I think he had a better reputation than Pochettino. Might be sacrilege to say that, but I think he had a better one from Dortmund. So we'll see. We'll see how Pochettino gets on in the championship. I League. wouldn't mind
1: uh, if, if Chelsea are looking to replace I wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah. A... Seems like a very good coach. I
0: think a lot of big clubs uh, will be saying, oh, this manager is available. Um, I think that's a good shout. And I think it would be a good fit. He speaks English. He's managed uh, these young talents. Obviously, a few of them from Germany. Do you know what? That's not a bad shout. But but you're dealing with a young English manager who is very much loved. And like I said, the murmurings are there, but that's all they are at the moment. But you never know. With your uh, owner, uh, he won't have any sentimental uh, sentimentality to it. And I think Chelsea fans, if they get Tuchel in, uh, that is a very good chat. We'll see if that comes through, um, and um, it'll be down to people listening to this podcast that is down <laughs> to you. Brilliant, fantastic! Uh, another great hour of talking football with you, my friend. We started the year as we ended it in a brilliant way. It really helped me cheer me up as as always, and gave me a really good insight into Indian football and what's happening there. So I can't thank you enough, and look forward to a lot more in the coming year. Have a great week and stay safe.